Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Hell in a Cell preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's Hell in a Cell pay per view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Havler to look ahead to Hell in a Cell this weekend. Myself and Phil Chambers will be doing the live stream for it on What Culture's uh, what Culture Wrestling's YouTube channel and myself and Michael Hamlet will be doing our ASMR review in these small hours of Monday morning as always too. I will yet again caveat this with saying that we are recording this preview on Thursday afternoon so if they hoy another five matches following Smackdown <laughs> yeah we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the five matches that have been advertised and how are you feeling ahead of this pay-per-view? It's kind of weird with it being a different time of year but what do you reckon? It's super weird. Yeah, it's quite something. It's very WWE, this, but it's quite something that an event based around a match that was once seen as the most definitive of all the outcomes is now a pay-per-view that's the most disposable. Mm. Like it's been moved from October to June because they want to delay money in the bank for July and for crowds. And that makes total sense. And they've looked down the list of B-shows and they're like, eh, what's the one that people care the least about? Or the one that used to be the grandest payoff of all. Like they've got, it's like people give so little bit about that because we've barely delivered any finishes from the last like few years of this show that we can just slot it in in June and nobody cares. This is going to be the second Hell in a Cell in the Thunderdome. Mm. Like they've not even, they took money in the bank out and they tried to put it on top of Titan Tower and then it's going to be back in a crowd, uh, like in front of a crowd. This is the second Hell in a Cell in the Thunderdome. And yet there is the, like, I don't want to say it like, I don't want to be optimistic here. But there is a sense of finality about this. It's the last pay-per-view of the No Crowds era. Oh. It's potentially, as we'll get to, the last match of several well-worn and exhausted combinations. Mm. And in doing so, they might have like sort of arse backwards stumbled into like a, a season finale for the pandemic era. I know there's going to be Raws and Smackdowns that follow this show, but they're going to build to Money in the Bank. They're going to build to that big Smackdown return. They're going to build to wrestlers talking about going on the road and doing house shows. In a show that never has season finales, Hell in a Cell, weirdly, might be one. It might feel like the end of something. I mean, I could say all this. Rematches on Raw. Who knows? Fallout! But just looking at this card, it feels like they want to wrap a lot up here. Yeah, I don't know whether it's because, you know, I, I'm just hoping because we have to cover it and watch it live and stuff that 
that you know maybe if they hoy on a couple of extra matches, I don't know, Sheamus and Ricochet, but why wouldn't they have done that on Raw? Actually, now saying that, but regardless, maybe I'm hoping that people are going into this going, eh, it's hell in a cell, like you say. Let's just get this out of the way and we can get to the proper pay-per-view and money in the bank. I'm hoping this may be a, a sleeper bit of a hit. I realise that they said that literally last weekend, Adam, for TakeOver. But I'm, I'm nothing if not an optimist. Uh, let's start then with that last chance hell in a cell match. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. And I, I'd say, arguably on this card, one of the toughest matches to call. I think you and I may go separate ways on this. But yeah, who leaves hell in a cell as WWE champion Michael Hamlet. Bobby Lashley, I think, but I agree with you. Mm. I think it's really tough to call. Um, the Hell in a Cell element of this match is the most needless of all. These two are four and four and four and four. Bobby Lashley beat him clean at WrestleMania. Uh, he decimated him in order to basically free them is up to win the title in the first place. He's kind of got the measure of Drew McIntyre, and yet Drew McIntyre has sort of moaned his way into getting this this one last go of things. Um, Raw set up a temporary TV opponent in Kofi Kingston that suddenly felt immediately more interesting as the challenger to Bobby Lashley than <laughs> Drew McIntyre. It's not been the smoothest run for Drew in this his last chance, as they say. But it, there's something to him failing in his last chance, I think. That last chance stipulation promises, it doesn't guarantee because it's WWE, but it theoretically promises and promotes that this is it. This is it for Lashley and McIntyre. And Lashley, I don't think he's had much breathing room as a champion outside of Drew. And when he has, with Kofi or whomever, it's been quite entertaining. And I want more of this. And I think, I dare say, I think like a live audience would too. Bobby Lashley is an intriguing and interesting prospect as a heel world champion on a show full of fans. And Drew failing here is fine because we've got money in the bank next month where he could win a briefcase and then a shot against anybody and even get around the Bobby Lashley thing if they want to. Or he's made to wait again in front of crowds for Lashley to lose so he can finally step back in. It feels very set to me that like Drew is going to be forced to wait on Lashley losing the title for the better part of a year. Lashley's going to lose it and then Drew's going to be motivated to try and win the Royal Rumble, for example. And that's going to be his, finally, I'm, I'm back in the game. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. A bit like how um, in 2019, which you can read more on at whatculture.com if you want to see 10 things that you didn't remember happened in 2019, Roman Reigns, following the return from his leukemia diagnosis, only had one title match the entire year. You had the Graveyard Dogs. You had the Daniel Bryan feud and then tag team. You know, like they kept Roman Reigns away from the belt until the time was right. And I think after this, it might behoove Drew to go through that same experience. I think he'll be less mm. irritating. He'll be less annoying as the made man baby face. And if Raw was anything to go by, genuinely, I think the team up Drew and Omos for SummerSlam. 70,000 people and two big as in one of the biggest matches of the night. I think they're going there. Those face-offs were too pointed. And Omos could indeed be the difference maker here to kickstart all of that as well. Yeah, because time has no meaning. For a split second, I was going to say, yeah, but they could do AJ versus Drew, but I fairly certain they did that at the end of last year, didn't they? That was all <laughs> DLC bollocks. So, didn't they yeah. do it, it two weeks ago as well? Yeah. They fought on Raw like, in the last month. Yeah, you talk, you talk about... Um, you talk about the fact that we can't judge how people are received, aside from social media. And the thing I'm seeing more and more, and you know, we don't necessarily make decisions based on that, it's 
the whims of Vince McMahon, of course. The more I see people saying, stop forcing Drew down our throats, et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that, you know, so often, I mean, how often do they do the, the last chance and then John Cena wins it or whoever it may be wins it? It's very rare. I think like, I remember the only one I can vividly remember in terms of recent memory is like Batista saying like, I'm going to face Edge and if I lose then, and then there was shenanigans and then he lost and then there was the cash in with Punk if I remember rightly. But regardless of all that, I say all that and I still think Drew McIntyre's going to win the WWE Championship (laughs) because I think they don't want to have him have this, or maybe they do, I don't know, uh, in terms of having this record of, oh, you want to beat Drew McIntyre? The, the biggest, hardest bastards we've had who just ran through Brock Lesnar. Yeah, just, just face him in hell in a cell. He's crap at that. He always loses. Mm. So there's that I'm factoring in. Plus, and I know every single report you read and we report on, they say, yeah, then they're, they're not bringing Brock back, Adam. And I would love to see Brock versus Bobby as well. And I think maybe that's the direction they're going in as well. There is a feeling within me that whether it's Brock versus Bobby or Brock versus Drew, that's a money match for SummerSlam, uh, particularly with the world title being factored in. And of course, WWE's, you know, quite right insistence of, you didn't really get that match, did you? Yeah, we got it, but we got it in front of no one. And it went like, I don't know, 10 minutes, five minutes. I don't mm-hmm. genuinely, uh, I remember more about the big show match than that one. So <laughs> it's that. So there's a bit of that in there. There's a bit of me thinking, this is WWE. And like you say, this this could be a season finale. Yeah, or Drew McIntyre could win and Bobby Lash could go, cool, I've had my rematch at Money in the Bank because (laughs) Money in the Bank ain't getting bought. It's not even necessarily this year getting bought for Money in the Bank. It's getting bought for, oh my God, thank God we can go to a wrestling show again. But if it is bought, for me, if I was going, if it was in Newcastle, for example, I'd buy it for the Money in the Bank matches more so than the title matches, even though someone like Roman Reigns, obviously, uh, is a huge, huge draw. And whether it's on Bobby or Drew, it would be a big match. Yeah, the difficulty is I can't see who either of these guys face next. Like you say, Bobby versus Kofi, but we've sort of had that already. But then if Drew wins, you're like, right, who's left? Who's a big heel who's really getting some momentum on Monday Night Raw? (laughs) I don't know. I try not to think about Monday night or unless it's a Tuesday and, a, and maybe a little bit on a Monday if absolutely necessary. So I'm going to go with Drew, but I necessarily would be happy with either. I think this is going to be, I hope they just let him pull out all the stops here because, well, we'll get to Roman and Ray in a bit, but they don't need the hell in a stale stipulation and all that potentially comes with that as much, do they? I don't think so. Um, like have them lob bombs at each other. There is at least in Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, for all that it feels quite tired, there is a pretty rich history of like good matches and good physical, like two two proper bangers. WrestleMania and was it Backlash last year? Like yes. real worthy, like bomb lobbing bangers. So another one of them would be quite nice. I, like there is going to be a lot of negativity on this podcast because there's been a lot of like piss poor builds to this show. But um, it's not one I'm dreading. WWE pay-per-views deliver more than they don't. And I think it's always worth remembering that ahead of a show like this because the television is often wretched (laughs) and like the wrestlers tend to just be left to it on a Sunday night compared to what they often have to do on Mondays and Fridays. And I think this is maybe the example of where there's one more perhaps with the the Raw women's title. But if ever there was a case of just them being left to get on with it and you kind of trust, not trusting the process, but trusting their ability, I would say it would be in this match. 
Well, speaking of piss poor builds, and I know that really <laughs> could narrow it down on a show where we've only got four other matches. I mean, Roman and Ray, great. We'll talk about that in a bit. Let's talk about Rhea and Charlotte because it's baffling the build they've had from the moment Rhea won the title at WrestleMania, in my opinion. It is the most straightforward booking that they've managed to bugger up in recent memory. Like, it's not even like, well, they fought for the NXT title, but that was on a takeover. So they fought at WrestleMania. It was a story to transition Charlotte to get all those, oh, no one watched it, viewers to NXT. <laughs> and yet they are both unbearable and they're both kind of losers. Nikki Cross is the real winner out of all this. We've done a, a list of yours as a video that hopefully will be coming out soon on uh, What Gold Wrestling's YouTube channel that features all of this. And it's sort of Rhea has to win because she can't afford to lose with what's gone on from the moment she arguably turned up on Monday Night Raw, let alone won the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, Rhea has to win because she has to escape this storyline alive, doesn't she? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's very possibly the worst angle of this year. And, and, you know, we say this a lot, think of the ground that covers. It's probably the worst WWE story this year in terms of it being, it's like, it's far more connected to reality. It's tethered to reality compared to black goo and setting people on fire, isn't it? This is just real human beings acting. There's no magic powers here. There's just real human beings acting as like abnormal versions of themselves. It's, I just, I feel like the, you know, that scene in the Simpsons where they, they you catch a glimpse to that um, film critic and he's been like locked away in an insane asylum and he's going, it stinks, it stinks, it stinks. <laughs> and like his carer's going, yes, everything stinks. But I just feel like that's me every week, no matter what happens between these, well, I was going to say these two wrestlers, but including across these three, he uh, throw at me and Cedric on the podcast, like, oh, so Hamflick, what do you make of that? It stinks. Yes, Mr. Hamflick, everything stinks. Next week, it stinks. Like, oh, beat the clock week three. It stinks. Like, it's just, Nothing they do makes this any better. People were like faintly praising the brawl on the go home show because, like, you know, Charlotte got a bit bloodied up and it just there was like a bit of fire all of a sudden for the whole mm. program. And it's like, I too little too late. Like, you've had Nikki Cross celebrating beat the clock count out victories for a month. You've got Rhea Ripley sat in that chair doing the nah, 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 face before like falling for identical tricks mm-hmm. on the same night let alone a week prior or a week after, on the same night, she'll fall for the same tricks that Charlotte has earlier on. We're still in the position. I can't believe we're still in the position. We were saying this before frigging WrestleMania, and it killed the Asuka match. None of us know if Rhea's a heel or a babyface. Nope. We, we know that Charlotte's a heel. We know that Cross, through WWE's eyes, is a babyface. Yeah. Albeit so dislikable in this role. And they haven't made clear who the one holding the belt is. Like, I cannot, I cannot believe how badly they're bodging her. Last year, we were clamouring for the main roster to save her from, like, below-average NXT booking. Like, take me back to the Robert Stone brand. Oh, Just t- take me back to the empty, dismal full sale and vomit stain in the canvas because it was better than... The sick that is served up every week in the story. At least I knew actually Eva then. Yeah, like you, you knew who she was supposed to be, even if she was like a little bit miscast or a little hmm. bit downplayed. She has to win. This has to bang as well. Like I thought, the um, undermined a little bit by the production of the finish and Rhea's celebrations. I thought the triple threat was a sleeper hit 
at WrestleMania Backlash. And mm. like I felt I felt good for all three women because they've got to go out there and perform this like rancid scripted dialogue every single week. And I felt happy that they've been able to show their skill set for like 15 good minutes. I, I want that feeling here. Rhea to win. All of us to pretend that it's redemption for WrestleMania, even though that's just been flushed down the drain. And then everybody to move on and pretend like this never happened. Uh, they ain't moving on, brother. I'm, I'm afraid to say I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah, Rhea Ripley has to win. But for me, I mean, maybe they're going on. Oh, we're going to save the whole redemption story for when fans can actually see it. Because for me, Rhea Ripley wins. Maybe there's shenanigans. Maybe there's like, actually, Charlotte, my foot, you know, Charlotte says, oh, my foot was under the rope. So I hope they don't. I hope they just give her a clean win. But regardless, even if they do, it's still kind of one one all, isn't it? In terms of singles matches between the two. And you can just have, because this is WWE and they do, they're like tanks because they do not give up because they're going to run this back at Money in the Bank with... Nikki Cross involved. You booked this yourself when we were talking privately about this because I'm not sure if you know, but the uh, champion doesn't have to be pinned to lose the title in a triple threat match. And they're going to play on the fact of, God, the only baby face in this feud. Yeah, she's awful. She's crap. She can't really win matches. But what if they both slip on a banana skin and then Nikki Cross is the face of money? Like, that's exactly what WWE (laughs) do. And And that's no opinion of mine that is 100% how they perceive Nikki Cross in my book what do you reckon uh, I mean yeah we've talked about this I could well see them go into that well I just I really don't want them to I think um, I think as well crowds and we are so close to crowds would just all over Rhea Ripley and that's such an indictment like I think they mm-hmm. would listen to these promos she's not the best at delivering dialogue that she clearly doesn't believe in you know, it's clearly not representing her. She's trying. Um, that sounds so condescending. And I don't mean it to, but like, it's just minging material that they're all mm-hmm. being given. And I I just think fans would like turn their backs on this if they were presented with much more of it. So yeah, it felt like that way, but I, I just don't want it. I'm going to will something different into existence mm-hmm. by hoping that like Charlotte can be put away here and we can just move on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us 
negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, let's talk about the other women's title match because... Built to that hasn't been great either. Bianca Belair versus Bailey, and Bailey putting her face on all the screens seems to be the absolute limit of all this. Again, Bianca has to retain here, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, of course she does. I mean, look, Wilborn, the build to this match has been no laughing matter. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, if you don't want the obvious jokes, then maybe stop saying that SmackDown is this great WWE show, and at best it's the lesser of two evils when they put Bailey's face on 5,000 Thunderdome screens. I didn't need a reminder that I want to get the hell out of this building, but I got one anyway in that segment. Like, already, we talked about this on another podcast, already, like, I'll tell you what this is a comparison of. One Premier League season, Sunderland finished with 15 points, 38 games, three points for a win, and we finished bottom with 15 points, a record surely to never be broken. Until Derby County broke it the very next season. Um <laughs> With 11, I think. I think it was 11, might have been 13. They got four points out of Newcastle, that's the main thing. But like they broke the record the very next season. Like I thought that was going to be a like, weight around my neck forever. Mm. Bailey, Bailey must have thought that on Saturday morning after this SmackDown segment. And then on Monday, Shayna Baszler ran away from a doll. And she was <laughs> like, right, feet up. That's me. That's that getting forgotten. Um, and here is where it can live forever in this feud. And then hopefully it'll be finished and all be forgotten about. Yeah, we're back to this. Um, and all they've got is a laugh because there's no other story to tell because there's no other opponents for Bianca Belair. It's like That's what the reality of all this is. Bianca Belair, I know it was weird and slightly botched and with the hair. She beat her. She beat Bailey clean in the last pay-per-view and Bailey has laughed her way into a rematch because the rest of the division has been absolutely decimated and there's absolutely nobody at the level to challenge Bianca Belair. And, Bianca Belair's second, and hair stuff. Hair stuff. It's Bianca Belair's second rubbish storyline in a row because the Sasha Banks angle was rubbish. Like the match was amazing. The storyline was terrible. Um it just I don't know, like I worry for Bianca Belair when she's out of the orbit of Bailey and Sasha because look what's happening to Rhea Ripley on SmackDown uh, on Raw presently. Like I worry about her thrust into a feud with somebody that isn't Bailey and Banks and that's not to say that either of these angles have been particularly good. I hope the match is good. A little bit of me wonders if they'll, if Sasha Banks will be present, maybe not in the finish, but possibly after the fact, so they can start opening up the path to a SummerSlam rematch. But like the the EST could do with a match that lives up to her name. Mm. In truth, like let's have a victory that's one of the cleanest on the night after one of the bestest matches on the card because the first one wasn't so great and like. Belair's reigns in better shape than Rhea Ripley's, but not by much. So, like, I love these two wrestlers dearly, and I just hope they have the match that I think we all know they can have. Yeah, I'm really booking myself into a corner with, with how I'm perceiving these matches. But this, this is Bailey's last chance against Belair, isn't it? 
Yeah, and like Money in the Bank's right there. So yeah. that's her for a month after well, the fact. This is what I was going to say. I'm looking forward and with the calendar being as it is. So I'm right in thinking it's Money in the Bank, then SummerSlam. There's nothing in between, is there? No, not month. presently anyway. Yeah, so for me, yes, Bianca Belair obviously has to retain clean the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey is a strong contender uh, and certainly should be in the match for Money in the Bank, as maybe should Sasha Banks, because I think that could be a real banger and there's such potential there. I think maybe they're going to do Bianca Belair versus Carmella on Money okay. in the Bank, and Carmella's going to mm-hmm. say, I've got a pretty good history at Money in the Bank. I'm not sure if you're aware of all this, even though everyone's going to go, yeah, but it's Bianca Belair, love. Like, come on. <laughs> and then maybe... I'm just booking dream matches, like even though they probably don't deserve it. And maybe you're going to have to use the money in the bank briefcase to switch it on to a Sasha or a Bailey, the triple threat, Bailey, Sasha, Bianca Belair, SummerSlam, along with all the other huge men's matches we're booking. It's, it's what's going to happen or what I'd like to happen uh, at the very least. Um, But yeah, uh, Bianca Belair retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, these final two matches, we've both got fantasy booking for each of these. And I don't know which one's going to be wackier. So, in fact, we're going to talk first. We're going to save the old Hell in a Cell match to conclude with. And we're going to talk first about what happens when Shayna Baszler faces Alexa Bliss. Oh, mate. Let's talk about Shane Baszler. So like, we are like just shy of a year since the night uh, a babyface Universal Champion set an innocent man on fire and had a splash fight in a swamp. Uh, the night that a babyface's eye was poked out and the heel vomited at the sight of it. And the night, of course, that Alexa Bliss was at long last, much to the masturbatory delight of so many on Twitter, it was folded into the Bray Wyatt law forever. Um, it's been a year of this. And what better way to celebrate the potential end of the Thunderdome, the end of the era that begat this Alexa Bliss character by going full bells and whistles with this as a semi-cinematic presentation at, like, very least. Like, if this is not all bells and whistles, dolls, goo, possessions, a floating Reginald, I don't know, if this is not that, like... Answer me the question, why has Shayna Baszler been feuding with the doll? If that's not what all of this has been for, then what the hell are we doing here? And I know I've asked that question once before, and the answer to that question was an RKO in less than five minutes. And that was, why is Bray Wyatt been on fire and off television? So they have form to give us less than nothing here, but just gandaft. Burn that Thunderdome and all of the memories within it to the ground with this, the final silly cinematic accelerator. Like, I welcome... Something along the lines of a bin monster or a snake biting Braun Strowman or whatever. Pick your poison from that era. I welcome it. I genuinely do. Shane is in this now. Um, This is not the time to, I don't know how much it breaks your heart. This is not a time to think about Elimination Chamber 2019 or think about two amazing years in NXT. This is a time to rewatch like an all-timer worst Raw segment from two weeks ago of her barricading the door with a cameraman inside, barricading the door from a one-and-a-half-foot stuffed toy. Um, Alexa Bliss is selling cameos for $600 of her sitting on a swing, talking childlike to grown men with too much money. She'll sell more of them than she will moves in this match, if I have my way. 
because I don't want Shayna to land a blow. I want this to be ridiculous carny bollocks before hopefully, and why I'm saying all this is because hopefully when there are asses back in seats in buildings, standards will have to be higher. <laughs> this is the last this is the last point we can all collectively sink so low into as Jake Roberts infamously called it at WrestleMania six, the muck of avarice. Like, let's just luxuriate in it one last time. Why, like, why raise your hopes for anything better? Yeah, I, I you know, everyone knows my feelings about Shayna Baszler and how she's been treated for the majority of her time on the main roster, Elimination Chamber aside. And I'm dreading this because there's no way Alexa Bliss loses this match. It's, I mean, it's weird. First of all, it's a singles match. How on earth is it not an Alexa's playground match or whatever you want to call it, right? But regardless of that, yeah, it is the first step on a, a, hopefully a very short road for Alexa Bliss. But nevertheless, unless they've suddenly gone, oh, no, this isn't getting the reactions that we liked. Although if they look at their bank balance off the back of those sodding cameos, I sincerely doubt they're going to think that. But very much, I think you have to. Get, otherwise, what's it all been for? I mean, I realise we say that off the back of a six-month build where a bloke got pinned in six minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. After one I came. Like, she's like, I know, like people are gonna be like, oh, but Shayna's got the Kikina clutch, and it's like, yeah, and Alexa Bliss like can possess others, mm. can possess a doll to possess others, and force goo out of her head and eyes and mouth with like all the joy of a like a kid that's worked out how to fart on command. Like she does this with like a smile on her face. It's, she she can't lose. And moreover, to go back to a prior conversation, post, like, let's go with your fantasy booking, in fact. Post banana skin and Nikki Cross being the Raw Women's Champion. What's Alexa Bliss going to do next at SummerSlam? Oh. <laughs> Worlds are colliding, mate. Worlds are colliding. I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse. Think about this. I don't know if it's worse if a former MMA fighter, a woman who's held the NXT Women's Championship for a combined <laughs> nearly 550 days, if she gets zero offense in on what is ostensibly a child, right? A possessed child, but a child nonetheless. Or if she does get offense in, she does like her you know, arm breaker stomp and Alexa can do a weird arm thing and maybe it flashes because, like you say, you can, you're going to throw everything at this. You might as bloody well. It flashes back and suddenly it's Alexa's arm that's broken, not whatever this version of Alexa is. It's, you know, 2016, 2016 Alexa that's got her arm broken. And then she pops back into place and suddenly it's spooky Alexa now. <laughs> I can easily, easily, like terrifyingly so, picture Shayna Baszler finally gets some offense in a bit of a shocked look on Alexa Bliss's face Shayna Baszler snatches her up gets her in that Kira Fuda clutch and Alexa Bliss doesn't roll through and pin her because that's hmm. stupid she got done with that like four times now at the bare minimum but we're gonna get I know it's not the same we don't have the blah, 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 well, whatever kids version of that is and the lights are going to come back on. And suddenly, it's not Alexa Bliss that Shayna Baszler is choking to death in the Kira Fuda clutch. It is, of course, going to be 
<laughs> There's no way she's in timeout. That's nah. I'm not having. That. I mean, she's going to be gotten rid of by the time crowds come back, but they ain't there on Sunday. So let's bloody do it. Love it. Like love that. The idea that yeah, she's suddenly got a hold on a teddy bear. It's fantastic. It puts you in mind of that time when like Daniel Bryan had that like submissions match with a stuffed toy because it was like funny.com content and now they're considering it worthy of one of the biggest matches on a pay-per-view. Like tells you where the company's at. Yeah, I welcome all of it. Um you won't hear us well, you won't hear us ranting angrily about anything silly that happens, I don't think, on the post pay-per-view podcast on Sunday, not just because it's an ASMR one. I think we have our bodies are ready for whatever WWE wants to spew at us. Mm. That I think, like I welcome being shocked into anger because I don't think they can do it. I don't think there's anything that they can do no. that can make me feel as cross as some of those abominations did last year. I don't think they've got it. I think like I'm just I'm leaning in. Wellborn, one month ago I'm leaning in. Yeah, I'm numb to it now. Uh, let's conclude by talking about the best thing in WWE then. Roman Reigns. Uh, he is, of course, facing Rey Mysterio, defending his Universal Championship against him inside Hell in a Cell after Roman Reigns murdered his son uh, on well, more than one occasion, by the looks of things. Um, and it's more a question less of, oh, could we see Rey Mysterio leave his Universal Champion? And more, is Rey Mysterio going to survive Roman Reigns? And is is it going to happen after the match is it because i really want it to and i'm a sadistic bastard i know but it's father's day but yeah let's talk about the match (laughs) and then we'll get to the horrible booking that we've made here i feel like i'm samoa joe with that giant fairy tale when he was feeding with aj styles (laughs) let me open this book and lick my finger first and turn the page over as we go into this cruel and brutal story yeah like first of all like this should totally bang um I really like the booking here. Like, without an obvious opponent for this specific pay-per-view beyond Jimmy Uso, like, WWE have pivoted quite nicely to the Mysterio family as foil for Roman. Um, This is, like, the final show where, like, he hasn't got a crowd to receive him. Like, I know we've got that, like, socially distanced response from at WrestleMania, but it's going to be really interesting when Roman Reigns is back in front of fans to see week on week how they respond to this gimmick that, like, everybody loves for the most part. Best thing on SmackDown, best thing in WWE and so on. Like so, it should be like it's a it's a nice way to basically save the Usos batting back the Usos redemption arc. However, it is that like you know they how Jimmy convinces Jay to know to push back against the tribal chief mm-hmm. or for the heartbreak of Jay turn on his brother. Whatever wherever that's going, they've done well to save that for fans while we're so close to that specific finish line by moving to the Mysterio family instead. Um, Reigns is going to brutalize Ray here. Uh, it's going to be a cold lesson to Jimmy and Jay about what happens if you don't keep your family in check. Rey Mysterio is a pawn in Roman Reigns' game, of course. Um, But Roman's not the only one with family troubles on SmackDown, is he? He's not the only one with familial issues on SmackDown. And look, what's particularly great about this is why I'm going to compliment this booking before it happens, because I think this is where they're going to go. Roman's abuse and assault and defeat of Rey Mysterio here is going to free up the Usos to easily win or claim the tag belts. Yeah. So that's going to justify Roman's leadership because the Usos are suddenly going to be wearing the SmackDown belts again, which is really smart for Roman. He's like, I need them to get back on side with me and they're going to win the tag belts. Why are they going to win the tag belts, Hamlet? Well, because father and son are going to split apart because there's a lot swirling around in Dominic Mysterio's head at the moment, Will Bond, and not a lot of it is good. 
he should be thinking about what he's going to get his dad for Father's Day. And what he was probably thinking was matching T-shirts, saying father and son, living the dream, defending the tag belts at Hell in a Cell together. But that's not happening, is it? Nope. Because Ray has gone and got himself sidetracked in a singles feud. And what's happened as a result of that singles feud is that Roman Reigns lobbed Dominic, javelin-like, halfway out of the Thunderdome. <laughs> so Dominic's going to have this circling around his head and thinking of lost opportunities. And we're going to see a Father's Day card in a vignette where, oh, Dad, i got something for you. And Ray's going to be like, oh, not now, son. I need a plan for my match. And Ray's going to walk off and the camera's going to cut to one side where Dominic's got this Father's Day card and present that he's never going to give to him because he's going to kick the punch out of him as this pay-per-view goes off the air to set up the SummerSlam match that we wanted all along. Ray's going to be left there decimated in the ring. Dominic's going to tend to his aid. We're going to get that little graphic in the corner and then wham! DIY style. Kevin Owens on Sami Zayn style. Dominic is going to let out all this like impotent fury on his dad for neglecting him on Father's Day, for bringing him to the dance. And what's happened since he's brought him to the dance? Dad, thanks for bringing me to your work. Everybody's beaten it out of me for the last year and a half. <laughs> I think I, I wish you worked in an office. Like all of this seething, redemp- like, re- like sort of resentment is going to come out of him. Roman Reigns might even shoot him a sly glance because we know that he's the one that gets in people's heads just like he did Apollo Crews, just like he did Jey Uso. If you want to do a bit of world building there, you can do. But yeah, poor little Ray is going to get brutalised by his bigger son while already laying in a pool of his own blood from Roman Reigns. That's going to get us to SummerSlam. The tag belts are going to be abandoned and given to the Usos, further empowering Roman Reigns. And in a massive twist, well, Bob, I think we've just made WWE good again. Absolutely. Because what do you get, if you're wondering, what do you get for dads on Father's Day? You don't get them something they want. That's what you do at Christmas or their birthday. You get them something they need. Rey Mysterio, I love him. He's one of my best friends ever, of course. But it's getting on a bit. And you know, what do old people <laughs> Love to sit in. They love to sit in their rocking chairs, don't they? They love to sit in their rocking chairs. Well, good news, Ray. Dom's got you a chair. Except it's an electric chair, you old bastard. He's going to, like you say, brutalised, murdered. Roman wins. Roman wins. And for once, it's not going to be the sight of Roman Reigns holding up the title as the show goes off the air. It's going to be Rey Mysterio being cradled by his own son. And... I've seen this before in like the UFC. I think it was Chris Weidman's dad was in the octagon with him. And he was like, I know he's lost. Well, that's still my boy. And he's going to say, it's all right, dad. I know you lost, but with with the tag champs and you're my dad. And look what we, come on, up on my shoulders you go. I know you didn't win, but you're still my dad. If he gets up on his shoulders, right, honestly, (laughs) this whole street is going to know about it. I, (laughs) I, I, I keep it down when I do these live streams. I've been good for the last year, okay? I haven't really woke the missus up. We still haven't had any complaints from the neighbours, despite all the stupid impressions that I do. But, oh, my God, if they're backing up that ramp and there's a little signature coming up and he's just sort of slumped over his son's shoulders and he's, oh, my, oh. I, I just wanna, this, is, this is the height of, if this doesn't happen, it's WWE's fault, despite the fact that you and I have invented this and had this in our minds for <laughs> I don't know how long. But... If that happens, even if the rest of the show is absolutely terrible, if Shayna Baszler gets pinned by Lily somehow in the midst of all this, I'm going to come on what went down. I'm going to come on our podcast because I'm going to go, was that the best hell in a cell ever? Because it was, it was bollocks to Mick Foley. I love it. Bollocks to Mick Foley being thrown off the, the cell. Never mind about anything else that's happened at this. If 
just give me this. Just give me just a little taste, please, WWE, because I've been so good for the last year and a half. I, please. You nearly went like full Keegan there. I kept really quiet for these yeah, neighbors. That's what I was thinking, let, me tell yeah. you, let me tell you, I would love it if he beat his dad up. I would love it if he beat his dad up. Yeah, I would uh, I would love it if he beat his dad up. SummerSlam, man, like the stage of Dominic's debut and the fight for his custody. What better place to beat his dad up than SummerSlam? I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say it, but if that happens. I will get LTST tattooed across my forehead. <laughs> get it on your arm. Like, Mysterio's got Dominic on his. Like, because, like, this storyline has been our real child. <laughs> like, this, this has been our baby that we have raised from 2019 when he first put him on his shoulders. Oh. And he was like, oh, Dad, I'm, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to be front row for your match against some other joke at WrestleMania. Yeah, I just forgot about that, didn't they? Like, just... <laughs> From that moment onwards, it was it, the fire in Adam Wilborn's eyes was lit. Eighteen months since I've seen some close family and friends. All right, what have you been up to? I've got the words LTST tattooed backwards on my forehead, so whenever I look in the mirror, I'm reminded. <laughs> Maybe this is going to be all right. Maybe everything's going to be all right. Who knows? Regardless, it's Helen Hassel on Sunday. As I said, do join myself and Phil Chambers for the live stream for that. Oh, we're going to be bouncing off the walls. Enjoy myself and Michael Hampler for our review of the show afterwards. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling uh, to make sure you get that in your inbox as soon as it comes out. Um, and uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of Helen and Cell and how wild that Father's Day theory is. At What Culture WWE. Why well, say you can follow both of us? You can follow Michael Hampler at Michael Hampler. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And as I said, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts, including the review of this show in the small hours of Monday morning with myself and Michael Hasselhamfler whispering on in our houses for the final time. I can't believe I'm saying it. Anyway, this has been the Helen SL preview. My thanks to Michael Hamplet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.